simply discussing movie podcast. Every week we discuss a movie and then one of us suggests the next movie for us to watch and discuss. All the movies are available from the major streaming services so that you can participate with us. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Alicia Walker. Hello. Christine Deacon. Hello. Josh Dean. Hi there. And Nathan McKinney. Hello. And this week's suggestion was mine. It is the 2019 film Bad Education, the synopsis of which is the beloved superintendent of New York's Rosalind School District and his staff, friends and relatives become the prime suspects in the unfolding of the single largest public school embezzlement scandal in American history. Yes, it's one sentence. Yes, it's one movie. Uh, But first, we're going to talk about what we've been watching lately. Nathan, what have you been watching lately? So we've watched a lot of movies here the last uh, week or so, but uh, the one in particular I'm going to talk about is the original, and I say the original because there is a sequel, Valley of the Dolls, Um, which, you know, I know the the two, it's kind of funny to watch both of them, you know, in short sequence to each other because while they have nothing to do with each other, they're also like weird bedfellows because like, Beyond Valley of the Dolls, which is Russ Meyer, and uh, the script on that one is by um, Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert, and it is really off the off the rails. Yeah, weird. it's insane. It's a uh, weird I script. Think, I think Rift Tracks did it. Yeah, at some I mean, point. you don't even need Rift Tracks to make it funny. It's such a weird ass movie. Yeah, um, and I think what's kind of notable about it is that packs so much weird crap into the movie like everything happens well valley of the dolls is like the soap opera intended to be actual drama version of the same movie Mm -hmm. and so like it's got everything from abortion to suicide to drugs um bad music the the dion warwick song is just god awful and it's played at least four times in the movie at least um the beyond the valley of the dolls i i'm pretty sure i've seen it and it if i remember right it's kind of a kind of like an exploitation biker chick movie if i'm remembering it right mm, no you're thinking of faster like, pussycat kill kill um oh, all right beyond like austin powers beyond valley of the dolls <laughs> is about a uh group of girls who <clears throat> They're dating. It's the wild swing in sixties. Um, there's a strawberry alarm cock performs in the middle of the movie and they encounter this guy who is what we would call today transsexual, but he's also psychopath slash sociopath slash, uh, murder guy. He's, he's, he's a little out there. So there's, it's just got a lot going on. Um, this one, is about a series of girls that um, three girls in particular that from one way or another, they kind of hit the big time uh, in Hollywood or in music or whatever. Um, And they all fall prey essentially to in one way or another um, being uh, subject to things women are always subject to in those fields. And so they take pills to keep up and the pills get called dolls. And then everything else happens in this, this movie. Like, really everything and the acting is horrible and the songs are horrible the whole thing is horrible yet it's an amazing watch i say both of these movies are horrible and amazing at the same time i don't know how to explain that any better but if you're into like 
finding out why people watch bad movies, either one of these two is a great one. And I just watch back a back. They're great. <laughs> well, you, you talked about that and you sort of reminded me of the movie I talked about watching with Patton Oswalt, The Finks, uh, which is about the fictitious. It's like a parody of the monkeys made by the parents of the generation of the monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which you couldn't find anywhere. You can now rent it on Amazon for $1.99. And Finks is spelled P-H-Y-N-X. So if you want to see a movie that has literally everything, including Colonel Sanders, there's the Finks, uh, which also has insane musical numbers and and general bashing of 60s culture by 40s culture people. Um, it's like the silent generation, like, Strikes the back. one time they weren't silent, no longer silenced, because um, the movie's been completely forgotten about for the last fifty years. But, but yeah, it's on Amazon and uh, and YouTube now. So, um, Christine, how about you? So I watched uh, the newest episode of All We Got in the Dark. They made a new episode. Yeah, I saw it too. That's yeah, it, yeah, we did too. Yeah, it was uh, really good to see uh, just what happened with the case and following up mm. with uh, the the hearing and everything and seeing a bit more come of that story. And when I saw that the episode had dropped, I was super excited to get back into it because uh, I had uh, actually watched them go and do like that uh, police conference and everything uh, with uh, the capture of him and everything live on CNN. Mm-hmm. So I was just so pumped to get back into that. And uh, that's cool. Yeah. Did you? I I found it really divided because they seemed to like want to pad it out with that other woman's story. Mm-hmm. So it felt like they were kind of stretching to make it to 45 minutes and it it didn't really gel so much with the rest of the series, but it was still kind of a nice yeah. epilogue. It's not really a good wrap up, but it's a good epilogue. I guess I put it that way. Yeah, I agree with that. I kind of felt like the reason they did that was because they'd kind of spent their wad on um, the author's story, Pat, Pat and Walt, Oswalt's wife, whatever her name is. Michelle, so they, McNamara. Michelle McNamara. Michelle McNamara. Thank you. Um, so they kind of to bring her back into it and make it more present. I felt like that's what they did. I thought yeah. I thought maybe they were doing it also because they were trying to bring up a lot more interest in this other case that first got her fascinated that happened mm-hmm. a block away from her, and maybe that extra publicity would allow you know those files to be released by the police to allow more <clears throat> people maybe to come forward about that one. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and uh, uh, we have not been endorsed by Pat and Oswald. We're not talking about all things related to Pat yeah, and true. Oswald on this show yeah. um, on purpose. Um, but uh, that just seems to be how things are going. I was just waiting for you to say, this makes reminds me of the movie I saw with Pat and Oswald. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the cartoon series and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. towing. Um <laughs> Alicia, how about you? Uh, hi. So something we watched this week, which had been only the second time I might second time I'd seen it. It had been a long, long time since I had watched it was Miller's Crossing. 
Uh, we had kind of said this summer we wanted to chronologically go through the Cohen Brothers uh, canon, and uh, obviously we haven't gotten super far if this is where we're at, but but uh, Miller's Crossing, I feel like, uh, you know, I knew it was dark and Gabriel Byrne and kind of more quiet and not quite as zany, although there's a few things in there that still, you know, make a very signature Coen Brothers and how they've shot some things and some of the action and dialogue. But but it's a little more uh, underrated. It's kind of the Jackie Brown of the Coen Brothers movies in some ways or something. So, uh, yeah, so we watched Miller's Crossing and uh, and I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit more of a thinker. And, uh, you know, I'm missing Gabriel Burnham more things because I think he's really great. And I know he's in, popping up and stuff here and there, but not quite as often as I think I would like. Because a lot of times I'll watch something with Gabriel Byrne and be like, gosh, he's great. Let's see more of him. So, yeah, Miller's Crossing. That's my favorite movie of all time, actually. Of all time. Of all time. Wow, that's great. Right on. Have you seen Alicia uh, in Treatment with Gabriel Byrne? No, you know, I never watched it, and I know they just brought a new season back, but I don't know if he's in it or if it's just... No, they rebooted it with another psychiatrist. Right, okay. So, no, and and now that we have, uh, I think when that was originally on, I didn't have HBO because it was on HBO, I believe, not Showtime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've seen it and I need to watch that because I've heard really good things about it. And I think there's only, what, two or three seasons of that? I don't think it was super long, was it? Um, it so it's, it's a very weirdly uh, segmented show mm-hmm. um, because, so the, the premise of it, um, and I won't go like forever on this but it's so he's a psychiatrist and he sees patients and so every episode is essentially is essentially a session with the patient Mm -hmm. and so every episode is about 30 minutes but there's like 32 of them every season so if you're watching them in order, which you need to do because his storylines play through the episodes in chronological order. So you can't just like skip from, you know, just watch one patient, their episodes, like watch one, five, you know, whatever. Right. Um, But so you'll have this thing happen where like the first four episodes, you meet his four clients that season. Mm -hmm. And then you find out the next part of their story the next week. Gotcha. Um, and it's, it's, it's really good. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that's, it's kind of nice because, uh, you can watch it kind of regardless of how much time you have. Like if you want to binge a whole season, it's there, but if you've got 30 minutes, you can put another, you a know, quick, you can, you can watch. kill another episode off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it 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 always kind of leaves you wanting more of the character that you just watched and so you do kind of have this sort of like it's not only do i want to see the next episode it's like yeah i want to get through the next three so i can get back to this character gotcha that i'm really interested in so i'll have to check that out maybe when i've got some time this summer it's it's a good one uh josh how about you yeah um so i watched a uh a movie on Shutter called um, Psycho Gorman. Um, it's a uh, story of uh, two kids who find a uh, magical amulet 
that uh, gives them control over the Archduke of Nightmares uh, that they renamed Psycho Gorman because they're kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's got a lot of good gore special effects in it. Um, and uh, a friend of mine said it reminded him of um, Power Rangers a little bit. And uh, Christine, mm-hmm. who, does, who does he look like, the main guy? Um, he gave me a Lord Zed vibe is what I said. Lord Zed, yes, which I don't, yeah. I never watched Power Rangers, so I don't know who Lord Zed is. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, all the character designs are very uh, crazy and over the top. And um, it's very funny. It's got a very dark sense of humor. Um, there's a kid that gets turned into a giant brain with eyeballs that just kind of crawls around despondently for the rest of the movie, um, living his very sad, now, now brainy life. Um, and uh yeah i i enjoyed it it made me happy to watch this movie so um right on you know, yeah it's on shutter the, yeah i've seen the trailers for it i think they played trailers during one of the joe bob shows they but did. yeah i saw it when it came on uh shutter the trailer for it so yeah it looked insane and um it is. it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun yeah right on um well i was going to talk about um I watched the uh, final season of Bosch on Amazon Prime uh, that came out uh, late last week, and I hadn't, I didn't realize it. Um, I felt like we just gotten a season of it, and here it was coming around again. But it has been like a year, so uh, yeah, I watched that. It's it's the seventh and final season. Um, I really love the Bosch books and I've really loved the series. I think the final season uh, ends really well. I think it ends the series very well and, and, and all of that. Um, I think it takes a bit of time to get going. It, it sort of seems to be, it, it, it takes a while to, to build up to kind of the shocking moments and the twists and stuff that are, kind of typical for that that character and those stories but um overall um i i couldn't be happier with it i really like the way that uh they adapted the bosch books into um a, a modern day uh series and they uh wisely made the decision to um end it while it was still good, but also they set the final season in, in late 2019, early 2020. So it's pre pandemic and they don't have to like explain why they're still running the streets of LA. Um, I have a feeling that part of my issue with just sort of the overall feel of it for those first couple episodes has to do with the shooting conditions. Um, It seems like they must've made it, during COVID somehow, or, you know, made it late last year or something. And, uh, so like there's a lot of scenes where there would usually be like a bunch of extras and they just don't ever show you the audience of a courtroom or something. And so things feel really empty and, you know, it's all very close, kind of claustrophobic instead of these sweeping Los Angeles vistas that are usually part of the show but uh i really enjoy it i've read probably a dozen of those books by now there's a there's a bunch of them but uh yeah if uh if if you're into 
murder mysteries, um, crime, police stuff, uh, definitely check out Bosch on Amazon. And uh, and yeah, now you know it's it's going to end at season seven. So um, there's the the final season is uh, only eight episodes. Um, all the rest of the seasons were ten. So, but uh, yeah, that one was good. So my uh, my suggestion for this week was Bad Education. Um, I saw this back in 2019 at its premiere. Um, at the Toronto International Film Festival, and uh, uh, a bunch of the cast was there. Um, if you search for, uh, you search on YouTube for "bad education TIFF Q and A," uh, you'll find what I saw: their introduction of the movie, and then the subsequent Q and A that came after it. Um, most of the cast was there. Um, with the exception of Hugh Jackman, who was on tour promoting something else at the time. So, um, but I was the suggester. So I've obviously seen it before. Had anyone else seen it before? Yes. Okay. Nathan and Christine had. So, uh, Alicia, what did you think of Bad Education? You're a teacher, so. I know. Yeah. I know. There's maybe more pressure. Um, I, I really wanted to remind it. you that you're a teacher. Oh, thank you. In case I, well, it is the summer. I try to forget during the summer, but thank, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was great. Um, I liked uh, a, a lot of things about it. I, I, it kept me very interested, just the way they had structured the plot and kind of unraveling things, even when you know what's going to happen, where it's going. I think the acting was fantastic. Uh, I could listen to Alice and Janney do a Long Island accent forever. Uh, it was lots of fun. I love things like, um, you know, the stuff really showing the school district stuff was was really great, too, and, and really rung true with me. And I loved, like, the magic wand for snow days that they showed, like, right at the beginning. That yep. got a chuckle for me. Um, yeah, I thought it was really well done. I did kind of wonder in the back of my mind when I was watching that first part of it, like, how does Alice and Janney have these big houses? I mean, I know some administrators get paid a lot, but I was like, wow, I don't, maybe your yeah. husband does something. I don't know what's going on. <clears throat> so I didn't really clue into that being the reason why. Um, but I also, what, what's tough is this dichotomy throughout the movie because they've done something so horrible, but they're so likable. And like, he seems like a fantastic superintendent. Like I was watching it going, gosh, I wish our superintendent did that stuff, you know, and our superintendent is great for everybody listening. But I'm just saying, like, he's an amazing superintendent. But I guess if I was getting millions of dollars, I would take that extra time to be a really great superintendent so that everybody's really happy with me. But, but yeah, I thought it was really uh, riveting. It, you know, I like what they did with that true story. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I would definitely recommend it to other people. It was a good pick. Cool. Josh, how about you? Uh, yeah, so uh, bear with me on this uh, intro here, but uh, I was talking to somebody the other day about Citizen Kane and uh, about how difficult it is to reveal different facets of a character without taking the Citizen Kane approach. And that's one thing I really liked about Bad Education was that the uh, the onion of Hugh Jackman getting slowly yes. unpeeled. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
he's so likable from right from the start. And you're like, okay, he's got some secrets, but he's still a good guy. And they're like, oh, well, no, he's aligned himself with some real jerks, but no, he's still a good guy. And then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. crap. Okay, he's like knee deep in it. Uh, okay, so it just gets worse and worse uh, for him as it goes. Oh, he's cheating on his husband. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he has yeah. a husband. Oh, yeah. he has a husband. Yeah. Uh, everything you find out about him just, uh, it, I, but I loved that he's like, like, uh, Alicia was saying, he's still, um, a likable, charismatic guy, uh, all the way through it. Um, I did like the little note that who's the real sociopath here. And, uh, it, he really does come across as a sociopath once you see the full picture of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, I think when, uh, Alice and Janney, uh, leaves the story it loses a little bit of energy just because mm-hmm. she's amazing i feel like um and they kind of background her for the for about an hour of the movie um but it, it, jackman still carries it great i thought um and uh yeah to know that it was a true story um that that's one of those great you can't write these kind of stories uh it it wouldn't make sense if you if a screenwriter just went for this but um yeah uh, i was really impressed i really liked it and hugh jackman looked a lot like adrian brody in the last shot of the movie which was something <laughs> i found interesting yeah uh, yeah right on well christine what did you think watching it again i really enjoyed it watching it a second time and um, like everybody watching it the first time, I really didn't know uh, what I was getting into, uh, and just seeing like the different layers of the characters peel back. Uh, but watching it the second time, I could like look for different things and be like, okay, that like she's acting a certain way because of this, or like he's uh, like she's saying, oh, he'll take care of me. Be- and obviously, she knows something that we don't know and uh so i was looking for that um re-watching uh and it was definitely it held up the second time around where some of these movies like if you can see that reveal coming they don't necessarily stand the rewatch but this one there's a lot keeping it together that makes it worth watching yeah. again cool Nathan, how about you? So I enjoyed it a lot more this time. Uh, The first time I watched it, like, I think what bugged me about it, I've been trying to figure out what it was that bugged me about it. And I don't think it was a real strong reason to dislike the movie, honestly. I I think what bugged me about it, though, was the scope of the storytelling was a little bit on the smaller side than what I was expecting. Mm. Um, I think the cast of characters is fantastic, but it's a really pretty small cast ultimately. I mean, there's it's, it doesn't get real wide at all. Like you don't get like a big courtroom drama. You don't get, it's really held down to these really small, uh, individual stories about these individual lives. And I think actually on the second watch, I kind of appreciated that about it. Um, yeah, it feels a little, I, I, I'm struggling a little bit to come up with another movie that's better associated with it, but I know it's not a comedy per se, but it reminds me a little bit of election. I think part of that's because of the, um, the, you know, the, just the fact that it's in school, but, 
the corruption. The corruption is going on. But I, I think also, too, I think it's just the scope is kind of, it's more of like, and, and I think the, the choice of the music is kind of interesting in it because it's all very like epic, um, uh, classical music mostly, especially yeah. towards the end of it. So it kind of breathes like a whole lot of like this life into what would otherwise feel like a pretty small story, I think. Um, and I, you know, I'm a music guy, so I, I just really picked up on that this time. Um, I think the cast is fantastic. Uh, I'm a big fan of Ray Romano doing these um, oddball roles um, where he even just gets a little tiny piece of the story, but yeah, he, he kind of kicks it out. He the, kind of steals the movie for me. Yeah, I, I he's great. Um, of course, Allison Janney's good at it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a true believer on her, uh, and. Uh, Hugh Jackman too. I mean, I have not seen him do a bad role in anything. So, um, congratulations to all of them. They're great. So I enjoyed it. I, I liked it quite a bit this time. Well, good. Um, sounds like I picked a winner then. So yeah, I, you know, this is one of those ones that I was really excited for other people to see. Um, it's what led me to, uh, Corey Finley. I was really impressed with how this movie was directed and edited. Um, how they kept the, the story uh, contained within that small cast and still made it completely fascinating um, by making Hugh Jackman, this enigma that you just kept unpeeling and unpeeling. But like you guys all said, he's so charismatic and, and outwardly sweet to everyone that, you know, it it's like, Oh yeah, of course people would let him get away with all of this. Um, the only thing that I, I remember both times thinking it seemed like they were setting up and then they didn't go anywhere with it was it seemed like he was it seems like there's a scene missing where, you know, he should he should have said something to Alice and Janney about like, this is the only way to keep this whole thing under wraps is to do it this way. Um, but that would rob the ability of what really happened, uh, where she decided to go, you know, uh, take the, the deal for information where she passed over all the files to, um, to the government at the end. So I, I really thought they were setting it up to where like, you know, like, and she, she calls him from her car and like yells at him through the phone. He doesn't say a word and then he just hangs up on her and they never talk again in the whole movie. So um, I thought that was kind of odd um, in the, in the Q and a at TIFF um, somebody asked Alice and Janney about how she got like into the role or into the mindset of this person, um, you know, and, and, like to Alicia's point about how like, you know, these people are really good at what they do, but they're doing horrible things, but they're also really good at what they do. And, um, you know, her take on it was that they've, they've bought into their own lies. The, the people, you know, the characters in this movie particularly her character and, and Hugh Jackman's character that, you know, this is all for the greater good. And, you know, of course, Hugh Jackman needs, you know, a bunch of designer suits to wear because that's what 
the school really needs. And yeah, he's absolutely going to pay it all back someday. And, you know, but we got to, we got to get to number one. That's, that's the whole goal. That's the whole thing. And, uh, you know, and, and hers, you know, she comes, she, she, she talked about how, like, you know, you know, on the one hand, like I can see that, you know, objectively she's kind of this greedy criminal. And on the other hand, like she was doing what seemed right, permissible, you know, whatever. And that things just kept escalating and escalating. And, uh, but, uh, it was, it was pretty darn funny. They, they'd asked, they'd asked her and Ray Romano, uh, how they prepared for the role. And I, I just gave you her answer and Ray Romano's answer was, I decided whether or not to wear a porn mustache. And, uh, I went with yes and, uh, it took me a while, but we, we got there. Um, <laughs> so that was great. Um, you mentioned the snow day wand. He also has a magazine that's extension and cord magazine. Um, and then uh, I wrote down a couple of other things that I thought were really funny. Um, Nathan was talking about the music. I think the music has the final joke of the movie when uh, they're talking to Hugh Jackman's domestic partner. And the last thing they say to him is, he's a dancer. And the music just goes, <laughs> like that was the final nail in the coffin for him. Uh Allison Janney's character says, you know, when she's getting fired, there's no excuse for it. And Ray Romano got the biggest laugh in the theater with, well, the sociopathy. <laughs> um, and and I completely forgot about the accelerated scene. Yeah. Which is good. just wonderful when he finally loses it and tells the kid about accelerated and you're not going to get to take this test for a third time. Get out of here. Yeah, I think that scene especially hit home for anybody in education. I was like, oh, my God, I totally have seen those parents for sure. Um, yeah. I I also love that line, and I, I'm probably, I didn't write it down, so I'm probably going to misquote it a little bit. But when Allison Janney is talking with Rachel, who's come back again and again for more information and files, the student... And they're talking about the pizza oven. She's like, well, it's at the middle school. So you go, go check it out. Get pizza for dates. You get pizza for dates. Yeah. You know, I'm like, <laughs> so I thought that was great. That was a good one. And that scene when uh, Allison Janney and Hugh Jackman are sitting outside on the bleachers and she's trying to force feed him her pastrami on rye. That was also a great one. I was like, I'm, the, I'm just loving, uh, smiling the whole time, you know. That scene's the first, like, 20 seconds of the trailer for the movie. Oh, yeah is that sandwich scene. That's yeah. great. And that scene set up, I fell for, uh, I they tricked me. The scene in the diner where he's eating with uh, his former student, right. and he's he's looking down. I kept thinking, oh, he's going to ask for this guy's sandwich is what's going to happen. <laughs> but then he asked for way more than the sandwich, so <laughs> yeah, I was very surprised. Yeah. You want to try somewhere else? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, one of the most important lines, I think, in the movie is, uh, Josh kind of mentioned, you know, if you're going to drop Alice and Janie for an hour, the last thing she doesn't even actually get to say it. It's on the note. In fact, I I dropped my head to look down at something, and Alicia had to tell me what the note said, and I, I was like, "Oh yeah," uh, is that I'm not the sociopath. 
which honestly, for the next hour while Alice and Janie's not on the screen, I thought about that note almost every scene with Hugh Jackman. Like, okay, he's he's doing this because he's a sociopath. He he wants what he wants, and he's yeah. doing it to get as a means to an end. Yeah, and he he knows he can talk his way out of anything. He's good. I mean, because he can. There- memorizing the list of teachers and what they're interested in and knowing the students' names and who their siblings are. My God, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah master con artist. Um, one of the other things that uh, people watching the movie might be curious about uh, as far as this being a real life uh, or a, tr- a true story um, is what ended up happening to Rachel, the journalist who... Uh, uncovers this whole thing. And uh, at the Q&A, somebody asked that question about, you know, if she went on to become a a journalist somewhere, she went to Northwestern or that kind of thing. And uh, as I suspected, uh, Rachel was a amalgam of a bunch of students that worked on that together. So she's completely fictional but it was the school newspaper that broke the story. And then like Newsday and the mainstream press picked up on it and started writing about it too. So, so yeah, but the whole hubris of him, you know, it's only a puff piece. If you make it a puff piece, and that's his downfall. <laughs> so it's Nathan's turn, right? Uh, Nathan, it's your turn to suggest a movie. What would you like for us to watch? Um, okay, so I watched this last year, and I really enjoyed it, and I'm really excited for everybody to watch it. It's uh, Goodbye Lennon. Um, it, in 1990, to protect his fragile mother from a fatal shock after a long coma, a young man must keep her from learning that her beloved nation of East Germany, as she knew it, has disappeared. Um, so okay. that about is sums that, it up, actually. Is that Lennon as in Vlad or John? Uh L E N I N Lenin. Vlad. It's it's a rush it's a Russian movie. When I was doing my month of Russian movies, this was one of them as one of my favorites. So was it Russian okay. or German movie? Sorry, German. Well, you know, Russian influence, obviously. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for the discussion on bad education. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Thank you.